Upgrade your ATV UTV today at superatv.com. Whether it's portals, axles, windshields, lift kits, power steering kits, or any of the other great products from Super ATV, they have you covered through the entire process. From design, manufacturing, testing, selling, shipping, and they're always there to support everything you need for your side-by-side. Go start your upgrade today at superatv.com. Welcome to another edition of the Destination Polaris Podcast. I am your host, Jared Christie. Today's podcast is brought to you by Rugged Radios, car-to-car communication, Bluetooth, in-car communication, music, whatever your communication needs might be. Rugged is always there to help you out finding the right product for your machine. Rugged Radios, the authority in communication. My guest today is Charles Durant, the district retail manager from Polaris who covers all the area around Quebec City and East Quebec. Charles, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I just was thinking while I was sort of reading that is uh, you have the uh, honor and title of being our actual first guest from Canada. How's that feel? Really sweet. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So you now feel the, feel the pressure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to live up to the hype. Yes. Yes. Well, I thought I'd have Charles on the show because we were just in Quebec a couple of weeks ago. I'm sitting in my office actually today going through the video, actually going through your interview, Charles. And I was like, well, this is, this is perfect. Let's, uh, let's have Charles on, on the podcast and talk about uh, all the great things, especially the off-roading in Quebec, because uh, we wanted to go to Quebec because I had been there a couple times and, and Mm -hmm. really, if you're going to Canada, uh, there's no other province that for me really speaks to the off-road culture than Quebec. Oh, there you go. Now, Charles, you, you are, you grew up in Quebec. Uh, I mean, that's, that's sort of the case, right? I mean, this is part of the fabric up there, off-roading. Uh, you know, uh, uh, snowmobiling, off-roading, it's, it's part, it's part of the culture for sure. Definitely. And, uh, I've been introduced, I've had the chance to be introduced to it, uh, very young because, uh, we, my, 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 my parents have a cottage and, uh, there's always been snowmobiling, uh, side by sides and quads there. So I've, I've always been very passionate about it. Yeah. You, you, uh, can speak to this cause it was really, uh, getting to know you a little bit when we were up there, you were also a big, uh, um, uh, motocross guy. And that's probably yeah. <laughs> something yeah. that you do a ton, but really I, I was listening to your interview and it, whether it was snowmobiling, off-roading, motocross, it's something you're doing literally every weekend. That's correct. In and out as much as I can. And I'm, uh, uh I'm planning to go ride tomorrow. Actually, I rode last weekend and, Till till uh, this, the tracks are going to be open because uh, winter's coming in pretty quick here. But as as much as the tracks are, are, are allow us, we'll be riding. And as soon as they're shut, well, then we're going to go riding our quads and side by sides and just patiently and waiting till we can get our snowmobiles out. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, now, yeah. Charles, a lot of people I, I I meet around the country and get to go riding with. Um, where does that sort of passion come from? Is it something that somebody introduced you to? Is it something you're just sort of born with? Where does that come from? Well, uh, I, 
I, to speak to my for myself, um, I've anything that had an engine on it as a kid, I just was naturally drawn towards. Uh, I think part of the culture for most of people in Quebec is it comes a lot from the fact that uh, one of my my main competitor BRP, they 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 they, they came from our backyard. So uh, I remember as a kid, part of the school trip was to go visit the BRP facilities and museum, and you know it was it was that was our field trip basically so um everybody has as close or far uh, a relative or a friend or a family member that's that's into power sports be it snowmobiling or quads or motorcycles so um uh you know it's just part of the part of the culture here and for me well i was just just that extra more interested than anybody. So everything that ever had a, an engine on it, I, I wanted to ride since I can remember. So um, I think it's it's gener a general feeling for a lot of people around here that, you know, you, you know somebody that rides or you ride yourself. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Now, uh, in Quebec, the off-road... Uh, community is is quite large and i think part of that has to do with the amount of trails that you guys have up there how many kilometers of of trails uh are accessible to to people up there in quebec i have absolutely no idea <laughs> that's how many <laughs> <laughs> that's how many but from what i understand uh there are the 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 trail to uh, population ratio is is pretty good for us here, and and that's year round too because you have some trails that are open for uh, quads only during the summer, and some other trails that are only during the winter, and some that are both. So the you're not always riding at the same place necessarily, and obviously when winter comes around, it's a it's a pretty long season for us here. Um, there's, there's trails beyond trails and more than that. I mean, there's endless amount of trails where you can ride. I personally am more of a backcountry snowmobiler. I've ridden trails for, uh, a good part of, uh, maybe seven or eight years before, uh, moving on to backcountry, but, um, both coexist since ever. And there's so many places we can ride both on trail and off that, uh, it, you know, it's just easy to, it's, it's a lot easier and more accessible for us than probably a lot of people where you don't have to drive out an hour and a half out, out of town before you could hit a trail, you know? Yeah, no doubt. I think my, my first visit to Quebec 10 years ago and we were, uh, north of Quebec city and what I found and discovered was something that I hadn't been able to do in the States. And that was basically, you know, we were riding from, resort to resort or lodge to lodge and basically mm -hmm. all you needed to get was was uh, some fuel at your next stop and then something to eat and off you went and you could be gone for just for weeks oh definitely if if your wife will allow it uh <laughs> you, you you can ride as much as you want uh I, there's a snowmobile trail that passes close to my house and i remember for years i just get up get dressed in, at my house open the garage door and leave with a snowmobile. So we could go sometimes for two or three day ride and this just show right back home. And, and that was the end of it. So it's really accessible. And, and I don't really live, live too far from downtown Quebec city. I'm, I'm in the suburbs for sure, but I mean, I'm only 15 minutes away from downtown. So I'm, I don't necessarily live in a rural area. So that's fun to have access to that. That sounds like uh, what people from uh, here in Northern Minnesota would do during the winter time is just leave 
straight from their house uh, down to the trail and off they go and just disappear. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, like boating, if you live by the water, necessarily you'll be boating a lot more than somebody who has to trailer it every weekend. Yep. So uh, access definitely is a big incentive. Are you, uh, are you like some of the, uh, the, the power sports people who enjoy the off-roading but love the snowmobiling? Um, you know, if I had to pick only one thing, I'd probably stay on off-roading and motocross just because, well, I have the fortunate position of working for Polaris, so that takes the equation of budget out of it. But uh, snowmobiling, it's pretty expensive for a short season. And that perfect day of, of backcountry snowmobiling only comes once in a, in a while, as opposed to uh, riding quads or side-by-sides or motocross. You know, that perfect weekend is, is just every other weekend, basically. But um, nothing compares to the perfect day of backcountry snowmobiling as far as I'm concerned. But you just really must not look at how much it costs you per ride or you'll, <laughs> no. you'll just you'll just be sad about no, that no. <laughs> there's a lot of weather watching and then planning and then like let's go now <laughs> yeah exactly and and i've always i've been you know uh riding backcountry for the past 15 years uh i've always said if there's a big snowstorm coming up it's it's already in my agenda that I'm going to be taking my day off and I'm going to be riding because you don't want to miss those. But that's the fun thing about riding quads or side by side, anything that's ORV. Um, you know, the the weather's not as much as a factor. You know, it'll be a bit wet or it's going to be a bit dusty or muddy, but still you're going to have an awesome day. So all that put together makes it that uh, your your fun to dollar ratio was pretty good. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Now let's talk about our most recent trip there a few weeks ago. Um, this uh, you're going to do a better job of pronouncing it than I am because I'm still working <laughs> on it. <laughs> the, the name of the location. Yeah, uh, we left from Domaine du Radar in Saint Sylvestre, which is in the uh, I believe it's the Chaudière Appalaches area, the in, in south of Quebec City, about an hour an hour from Quebec City in the uh, Beauce area. In the Beauce area. Now, uh, for people who aren't familiar with Quebec, uh, where is Quebec City located or even old Quebec? Yeah. So uh, if you look at the Canada map, we're all the way east. And uh, so we're, we're known for being the, uh, the French community of, of Canada. So most people will be familiar with um, Montreal. So Montreal is the biggest city in the province, but Quebec is the actual capital of the province. And we're about uh, two and a half, three hours east of Montreal. So we're the ones that used to have the Nordiques if you're a hockey fan. So that might situate some people. Right? <laughs> yeah. People are still upset about that up there, maybe. Yeah, we, a lot of people are still waiting on him. I'm just, I think the some should move on, but that's my opinion. Anyway, the, <laughs> geogra- geographically, that's where we're at, uh, all the way east. Yeah, and so we were about an hour south of, of Quebec City in this region that yep. was, uh, had a nice mix and in, in layout to it. Could kind of describe uh, the area of, of riding, Charles, that we uh, spent our time in. Yeah, sure. So um, a lot of um, farm country there. So some nice plains and some nice fields, but all that is surrounded by mountains. So you'd just be going in and out of uh, tight, twisty trails in the trees in the mountains with um, nice hills to go up and down. 
And then all of a sudden you'd just be crossing, uh, five K's or maybe two miles of, of, uh, flat open trail in, in, in the field. So a good mix of everything. And a thing that we're lucky about in Quebec is we have incredible, um, uh, waterways all over. So rivers of all sizes, nice lakes all over as you, you saw. So, um, that makes for a really interesting, uh, scenery. And one thing that's nice here as well is all the colors I've been, you know, a lot of places around North America and some pl places are a bit more different tones of, uh, beige, but, uh, here it's, 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 it's either green, it's blue, it's, it's red, you know, we get a nice variety. So, um, it really makes for some really scenic routes. Yeah, it does. And of course we were there in early October and, uh, we do a lot of filming, uh, in October because the, the, for a number of reasons, but the, the fall colors are spectacular and there's no bugs. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the period you were, there weren't any for sure, but, uh, that's not necessarily always the case. No, 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 no. Describe the, uh, the, the place that we stayed at because it's, it's really, um, unique and it's sort of for me when we go travel places, I love staying at places where you can, uh, stay the night and you can leave right from that same location in the morning and the trail is right there. Yeah, so that was uh, Domaine du Radar. It's actually an, an, an old uh, military base uh, for the Canadian Army there. I'm not by any means an expert on the place, but from what I've seen and, and been there, because there's actually a campsite on site, and I had been camping there with the family earlier uh, this spring. Uh, so you can camp there. There's a couple of activities for the kids and families. I believe you guys rented one of those... Um, uh, cottages that they have on place and everything. I haven't been inside, but you stayed there a few days. You can, you can add on to that, but I think everything is pretty new and it's very clean. So you get all that aspect. You can park your quad just in front next to your car when you're leaving and you can go straight out from there. And on top of that, you could actually go visit some of the uh, infrastructures of the old military base and, uh, being a history buff, uh, I love visiting those types of places. So it, it, it adds on to, uh, the, the, the charisma of the place. I'm not sure that they have a lot of fine dining around there, but you're, you're, you're pretty close to Quebec if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, you know, you're spot on, you know, sometimes we, uh, we get offered the opportunity like, Hey, we have, uh, cabins right on site and you guys could stay there. We're like, Oh, that sounds good. And we get there and it's, uh, uh, rustic is a kind word yeah. uh, <laughs> for the accommodations. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but these were very nice. Uh, these yeah, were, they looked like they were. For sure. Yeah, these were yeah. nice. They were new. They were modern. And of course, they had uh, a variety of uh, options. We stayed in, in a house that had a few bedrooms, and that was great. But they have these uh, sort of these cool boxes there that look like yep. sort of train um, cargo places that were much much tinier. So you're, you had just maybe a bunk bed or something like that. So if you mm -hmm. just want to do a little more, uh, limited or, uh, uh, you know, just, you don't have glamping. a lot of things, glamping. <laughs> well, they had that too there because they had a yurt yeah. there. And, uh, so it was all sorts of different options and you're right about the uh, old military stuff. Not much was left, but we got to go, um, when we were the place we parked and met every morning, where they were yep. housing the vehicle. I don't know if you went in that building there at all, but I didn't, I didn't get a chance to. Yeah. So inside, um, that was kind of, uh, the, 
you know, the building where they parked the vehicles didn't, you know, was just more like a pole barn. But uh, if you went through the door on the other side, they had all sorts of photos in there of the back from the 60s, 50s, 60s of uh, people on the military base and what they were doing. And it was it was amazing. So they had that base there and a number of bases similar to it all spread across Canada. They were yeah. worried that the uh, if the if Russia was ever going to attack, that was going to come from the north through Canada to the, the north, yeah. yeah, to the U.S. And they had people outside with these devices uh, that looked very archaic, <laughs> listening, <laughs> listening uh, day and night to see if planes might be in the air. And some of the photos of some of the devices that they used back then to listen for stuff yeah. were awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure they were. Yeah. I think that was uh, back in the 50s, am I correct? Yeah, Somewhere yeah. I, I think the base shut down, I think, around 64 with the advent of satellites and technology yeah. and all that kind of stuff went away. But they'd had these huge almost sort of drums that were all the way up to their ear, and they'd just be standing out there for hours just listening just that's awesome yeah it's awesome <laughs> it's just like <laughs> i was like wow it's like you know in just a few years technology has just exploded uh, you know oh, like, for oh sure, my gosh for sure. and i was just like uh, wow that, that seemed like I something think, that was uh, hundreds of years ago not like a few decades yeah you know if you just go back uh, 20 years and showed up with a smartphone they, they'd burn you as a witch yeah. so i think uh, <laughs> it, it progressed pretty quick yeah <clears throat> Yes, it did. Yes, it did. So that's, it's not only is it a, is a good place to stay, but it also has a, a bit of history there as well. And the other thing that I, that, that I learned was we were, uh, we were a hundred percent in the heart of maple syrup country up there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Everything else is just uh taffy compared to that. You know, we, yeah. we actually have an expression in French and it's, uh, du sirop de poteau. and what that translate to is, uh, uh, telephone pole syrup. So what we have is really high quality maple syrup and everything that doesn't come from here, we call it sirop de poteau. So we say that it's people were just tapping telephone poles and trying to get some sap out of it and, <laughs> and producing this, this uh, lower quality maple syrup. So <laughs> we actually have a quote for that. It was, that's funny because uh, we stopped at one point in time because we we're riding on the trails and you were seeing not just a few maple syrup lines, but you're seeing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them everywhere yeah. on all the trails. And so we get out, you and I were chatting and, uh, you were, you were telling me about it and, uh, it, it's, it's serious business up there. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and people take it very seriously. And a lot of people, well, they'll put a lot of time, effort and money in, into their uh, sugar shacks, but, um, it's a family affair. So, at every spring, every family gathers together at your local, well, not every family, but, you know, a lot of them, those that for them who it's a tradition will gather around at the sugar shack and the kids will eat some um, maple taffy that's going to be made and put on the snow. And then kids are all full of sugar all over the place running around and you're having a beer at the same time and meeting with the families. And we actually, uh, my uncle has a, a private one. And every year since I was a kid, we would go there and now I bring my kids there and we just live on the tradition. And obviously when you're there, you're going to bring out your snowmobile and go riding around. And that's just part of the experience, two strokes and, 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 and uh, maple syrup. <clears throat> oh man. The other thing that, uh, you know, is required, obviously, if you go up to Canada, not just Quebec, it's having poutine. 
Poutine. Yeah. Yes. I know you were going to say that. I know that. you do. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were disappointed, right? No, no. We only had it one day and then I didn't have to eat the rest of the week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's the food of choice for sure. Yeah, uh, be it for a social event or after the bar closes at three, you want to have one of those. It just uh, tempers out your night. And the, the thing about it is, you, you like the first twenty bites are, are heaven, and then the the twenty next are like, okay, I know I should stop. Somebody please take it away from me. And then once it's done, you have that solid rock planted in the in the middle of the stomach where you you know you did you know you did something that maybe wasn't the best choice but uh, on while you're eating it you're definitely content for There's, sure there may be some regrets uh, later that night or the next day no doubt yeah and and you know a lot of places have tried to recreate that uh, French fry sauce with cheese curds, but nobody gets it just quite like here. And it's funny because when you travel from one place of Quebec to another, every uh, municipality has their, their own twist on the poutine. And if you come from one city and you go to the next, everybody will be very critical of the, 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 the other one's poutine. Cause it's not quite the same thing. Right. Yeah. So. That was something I learned when we were there that it was like, not just your standard sort of fries, cheese curds and, and sauce or gravy or whatever it is that there yeah. were like many, many variations of. Yeah, poutine. for sure. Yeah. So there's the, the, the Galvo where you have some chicken in there and, and peas and you can have some with, uh, uh, minced meat and some with smoked meat and some with, uh, the Italian poutine, you'll have some spaghetti sauce instead of the uh, gravy. So, um, twist it any other way you want. At the end of the day, it's still, whole lot of fries and sauce but it's, it's pretty good <laughs> it is pretty good now if um you know people sometimes are like oh, you guys go to you know up to canada to film that's not a place that i could ever get to to go writing but i don't i, I tend to disagree i'm like no it's not that hard i mean you can make that happen yeah, for sure. And on top of that, your dollar is pretty good compared to ours. So it's uh, not an expensive trip for sure. No, no, it isn't. If someone is looking to say, hey, I want to maybe do an international ride and they want to go to Canada and they want to go to Quebec and experience some of that, how, what's, a, what's a, you know, a, a general way that might be an introduction for them to do something like that? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go around. Um, there are a couple of places where you could rent and they're pretty easy to find. And, and either region you decide to go visit, there's going to be a, a center that does um, ORV rentals and be it quads or side-by-sides or snowmobile. Anywhere you go, there's somewhere that, that, that somebody's going to rent them. So if, for instance, you come to uh, Quebec City, what's cool is that you can go have your two, three, four, five days of riding snowmobile or, or RVs. But then you could also uh, stay one night or two in old Quebec and get that old European town feeling, which is unique in, in all of North America, actually. So it's it's pretty cool to uh, come visit here and you're just half an hour out of town and you can go riding snowmobiles and have a blast. Charles, for people who haven't been to old town Quebec, Describe it for them because it is one of, of my favorite places to visit because of the uniqueness and the fact that you don't have to get on a plane and travel eight or 10 hours to get there. Yeah, for sure. And it's the pretty much one of the only places in, in North America where you could be submerged in French culture, French language, 
and uh, all that in a really scenic uh, setting because Quebec City is one of the only cities that's a fortified city. So basically that means is it's surrounded, well, a, a, a good portion of the, the old Quebec, old city. Uh, it's surrounded by uh, fortifications. So you have these 20-foot high walls that were built uh, so many years ago. And uh, it was actually used as a defense from the French uh, that were being invaded by the uh, English back then. And so really culturally rich t city, S super beautiful. And, and you get that old town um, uh, architecture that, you, you know, you basically won't find anywhere else. So it's like a miniature European visit right here in, in Quebec. So it's, it's fairly accessible. Not that expensive if you compare, you know, visiting out in Europe, but uh, you'll get that feeling that you won't get anywhere else. And so you'll you'll come visit, spend a few days, and if you know if your your, your thing is skiing, well, then we have some pretty good mountains out east compared to what's out west. Uh, fishing, uh, you'll go snowmobiling, quad, whatever you know, whatever you want. There's a good um, good lot of activities you could do here. So it just it just makes it even that more interesting. I like how you described it in your interview. If I hit you over the head and dropped you in <laughs> old Quebec, and you woke up there, you would have thought that I put you on a plane and sent you over the over the uh, <laughs> to Europe. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's that's pretty much the the, the, the meeting there. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, uh, Charles, that uh, sort of drives that? Uh, passion for people living in there because I, I felt it when when we were there and, and, and talking to you about the diversification of no matter the season uh, there was something for people who enjoy the outdoors yeah I don't know if it's uh, cultural if it's uh, a survival mechanism or what because if you live in in, in, in this province and you're not a fan of uh, winter sports, you're going to have a few long months. So um, I, I've always noticed that people that do cross-country skiing, snowmobiling, uh, snowboarding, they, they're most happy when there's a big snowstorm because we have sometimes you wake up and there's like two, three feet of fresh outside. So you have to shovel to get to your car to get to work if you work, uh, uh, if you don't work uh, from home. So um, if you don't enjoy winter that much, it gets pretty cold. You, you need something to keep busy other than Netflix. So um, I think that's that's one part of it. The other part of it is... Um, as I mentioned, that rich culture and, and, you know, people here are proud of being the only, the, the center of the French language for all of Canada. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're proud people about that and we're always happy to talk about it. And, um, we have a good culture here on, on that. So that's, that's, that's some of the reasons I, I gather, but, um, the, the Quebec people are, are, are friendly people and they're always happy to, bring you in and, 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 and share the, that, that French Canadian culture. No doubt. No doubt. Now you mentioned renting before, obviously you can rent machines through Polaris adventures. I don't think they have any places in Canada at the moment, but, uh, I'm sure they will eventually, but, uh, renting mm. vehicles is, 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 uh, a, a great way to sort of, uh, experience something without having the, uh, the ownership and the trailering and, and all that kind of uh, stuff that comes along with it. 
yeah, the, the trailering it, insuring it, uh, the, the purchase, all that, the equipment, you know, it, it's, they're, they're very advanced machines and they're getting, uh, more and more expensive every year. So I remember my first snowmobile I purchased, uh, I bought a used, uh, Yamaha one and the, per, the one I'm going to be getting for 2023 is about 20 times more expensive, but you know, it's, <laughs> that's where we're at now. Every inflation affects everything. So, you know, if you want to get a, a good taste of that without having to commit to uh, tens of thousands of dollars, well, renting's the way to go for sure. And, you know, you could get guides with you as well because it, it can be overwhelming for somebody who's starting off. You know, you show up in dealership and uh, you know nothing about riding and what you need and what it costs. And so there's a lot of questions for uh, newbies, but um, renting, you know, they'll, they'll set you up. They'll, they'll either bring you or tell you where to go and explain the basics. So you do it safely and you do, you have fun and nobody gets hurt and you don't break anything. So definitely to start off, that's a good way. Cause it, it can be intimidating, you know, if you weren't raised in it, like I was. No, no doubt. And I do notice that when we were cruising around, the, the signage is very prevalent, but it's also often in French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. You know, there's a lot of uh, pictograms to, to help out, but, uh, you know, for sure, it's here, it's going to be in French. But if you have the chance of running a, a Polaris with our ride command, you know, you're, well, it's, it pr practically drives itself. So, um <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> but you, yeah, that's why having a guide, like we had that, that, that time you came down for uh, destination Polaris, uh, you know, if you go renting, they'll, they'll more than often uh, recommend having a guide with you and have some on hand. And of course that may, that takes all the stress out of getting lost and, and, and bringing you to the right places. No doubt. No doubt. Now, uh, we are wrapping up uh, fall season and you're in your getting for winter. What is your end of season, new season look like personally? Uh, it's a lot of, uh, winterizing and dewinterizing and, and, and cleaning uh, my summer toys, putting them away properly. So they'll be waiting, ready for me next spring and working on my new snowmobile to get it set up and, you know, putting all my gear together and, and setting up the trailer for the winter condition and in winter toys because it's a big uh, big transition for the two but there's always that uh month and a half two month period where you're just you know you you're waiting <laughs> yeah you're waiting and 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 you're anxious to to, to start off actually in two weekends in quebec city it's going to be the quad and snowmobile snow show and uh, that's like one of the big uh, events that that sets the tone for the months coming. So you put you put your uh, summer toys to rest, and you're just waiting to to start uh, winter toys. So um, you know it's 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 a transition period for the guys who are boating. You know you got to put all those away properly and make sure nothing breaks, and and, and they're going to be good for winter for next spring. Same thing with the quads, the street bikes, the dirt bikes, and all that stuff. You, it's a bit of a um, it's a bit of a sad time to put them away, but then you're, you're anxious till it starts snowing and you can have fun in the winter. Absolutely. Absolutely. You bring up a good point. Winterizing. Obviously we have a lot of people in the U S who live in places where they need to winterize their vehicle. What are some mm -hmm. of the, the, the things you've learned or the tips that you might be able to offer to people who, uh, need to winterize their vehicle. So it's ready for the next season. 
Yeah, well, I think a big part, big part of the population will actually hand that off to their dealerships to make sure it's done uh, well and they don't have to hassle themselves with it. I personally, I, I've, I've been wrenching for a few years and I love working on my vehicle, so I do all that myself. But basically, it entails, uh, you know, putting some stabilizer in your gas, um, making sure that your last oil change is done, cleaning everything perfectly. I'm, I'm. I'm really uh, keen on, on keeping my, my vehicles clean all the time. So I'm, I'm maybe I exaggerate a bit on that, but I just love it when it looks uh, mint and brand new, but um, making everything, sh- sh- making sure everything is spick and span clean. And then uh, your tire pressure, if you have tires, uh, track uh, adjustment, if you have a track and if you have a battery in there, make sure you either pull it out to have it charged or plug that up and put a nice tarp on it to make sure uh, it doesn't get dusty and and find a nice place to keep it for uh, sleeping for a few months. How much uh, of a difference, Charles, does winterizing properly add to the uh, length and quality of the vehicle? Yeah, great question. Unfortunately, uh, your vehicle, when if you buy a used one, it's not going to be able to tell you what type of life it's had. So it could be nice and clean, but be uh, pretty run down. The fact that you winterize it is is actually going to save you money down the long haul. Because if you have to change your battery every other year because you haven't properly maintained it, well, a battery will run you anywhere from uh, you know seventy five to three, four, five hundred dollars depending on the vehicle. And uh, after that, if you don't do your oil changes properly, well, you know we we all know what's going to happen to the uh, engine life afterwards. And old gas doesn't. It's like milk. You know, it doesn't age well. You, <laughs> You have to either take it out. So it only lasts some, a week. Some, <laughs> pardon me. So it only lasts a week. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So you you know when you you pull you bring your vehicle out uh, uh, four or five months later, your your gasoline it, it actually develops a type of varnish in there, and and it's just going to jam up your either your injectors, your carburetor, and your your, your vehicle's not going to run well. So I mean, it's just preventative maintenance makes a whole whole lot of difference when it comes to time around to, to get that vehicle out. And, you know, you might not have a problem this year, but maybe next year or maybe not the first ride. Maybe you're going to be on your third ride of the year and all that gunk that accumulated in your tank or your carburetor or injectors is just going to eventually plot out like a blood, uh, blood clock and just jam something up and then you, it's not going to run right. So, you know, you're, you're just smart preventive maintenance is going to save you a lot of money and headache down the end. A lot and of- usually when your machine breaks down, it's not in the garage or in the trailer. It's always either sub, sub, uh, up a steep sli- uh, slope in the trees or a few hundred miles from the trailer. So, you know, it's, a, it's, it makes a big difference for having a, a fun, responsible, and safe ride. All good points, and it uh, it speaks to what one of our, our partners, Quad Boss, does. They they uh, they definitely come in handy with their snow plows. We've been talking about winter time, and they make dependable mm-hmm. parts. Whether you're a rider, rancher, farmer, hunter, uh, they make work feel like play and get the job done. 
Charles, uh, it's always yeah. great talking to you, and I, I appreciate all the insight and the tips and the writing information. And if you haven't been to Quebec, and it's it's worth the visit. And if you can squeeze in a day of writing, uh, I promise you'll enjoy that. And you visit Old Quebec, and you'll love that. And uh, it's just it's a very uh, there's not many rides where we it's sort of a cultural experience for the ride. Mm-hmm. And this is this is for me one of those places. Well, you know, I'm I'm happy to hear you say that because uh, that means you 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 got the good experience while you were here, and that's what we're all about. So I'm I'm happy you had fun and you had you left with such a good uh, a good impression of the place. So that's pretty cool. I got one the last time I was there and wanted to go back. And and the best part about Charles is he was wearing an L.A. Dodgers hat when he showed up <laughs> on the shoot, and he knew I was going to mention it at some point. <laughs> I, I was waiting for it. Actually. I knew you were waiting for it. I saved it for the end. I'm a little yeah. down on them because they they blew it in the playoffs and are not advancing. Yeah. But uh, Charles showed up and I was it like, "Are you are you a fan?" He goes, "No, nah, I just picked up when I was out in L.A. and I like the hat." I was like, <laughs> "All right, fine." <laughs> you know, that's what happens. You never know. Karma. You, you never know. I know. You never yeah. know. Well, yeah. Charles, thanks so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, it's it's been fun and uh, it was great to meet you when we were out there. And uh, I look forward to when the episode uh, premieres next uh april 2023 awesome jared thank you very much it was an honor meeting you and i had a really good time the only sad part is you probably won't be back here for uh quite a while so uh i hope i'll have the chance to host you guys again when you come down and uh feel free to reach out anytime it was really fun thank you i will do that thanks charles so much take care bud well today's podcast was brought to you by rockford fosgate you hear us talk about Rockford a lot, and that's because we all love music. And so uh, if you want to upgrade your off-road vehicle with one of the best systems around, check out Rockford. They've got all your stage kits from one all the way up to six, so you can spend as much money as you want. Uh, also, by full throttle batteries, you're going to have that uh, new audio system in your vehicle. You're going to want some more power, and full throttle is there to handle the increased power that you need when you accessorize your vehicle from professional racers to weekend warriors full throttle is your battery of choice and finally by assault industries more accessories the more you accessorize your vehicle the cooler it looks i guess right <laughs> well everyone does it because they want to make it their own and so assault's got all sorts of cool and great accessories for your vehicle well that does it for another edition of the destination polaris podcast be sure to download and subscribe where you listen to your podcast and we will talk to you again soon Take care. Upgrade your ATV UTV today at superatv.com. Whether it's portals, axles, windshields, lift kits, power steering kits, or any of the other great products from Super ATV, they have you covered through the entire process from design, manufacturing, testing, selling, shipping, and they're always there to support everything you need for your side-by-side. Go start your upgrade today at superatv.com.